Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Ruben. Hello. So, today's case. It would not be a stretch to call this one of the most horrifying cases in Pakistan's history. And the victims, they were failed on many, many levels. But this time, the judge would make sure that justice was served. Nice. Alright, so the judge, he looked at the man, he looked at the murderer, and he said, you will be strangled to death in front of the parents whose children you killed. Your body will then be cut into 100 pieces and put in acid the same way you killed the children. So he was going to get strangled by the same chain that he used to kill at least 100 children, 100 boys in his house of horror. And I think it's one of the cases where it's as close as they could get to an eye for an eye, you know? Mm. Hi, I'm Teddy. And I'm Ruben. And welcome to A Briefcase. Today, we're covering the crimes of Javed Iqbal Mughal, a pedophile, rapist, and murderer who killed a hundred boys, I think, looking at the timeline, in less than one year. So, listening to the sentencing, you might think that this case happened at least a hundred years ago. So, what, what, what is this kind of sentencing, you know? Like, and how could someone get away with this extent of serial killing? And why didn't anyone notice, like, a hundred missing kids? Right. right. But this isn't something that happened too long ago. It's something that happened between... 1998 and 1999, so just 20 or so years ago. And we have to start with Javed Iqbal Mughal. So he was born in 1956 to a Muslim Mughal family. And you can tell that he was privileged growing up for a bunch of reasons. His dad was Muhammad Ali Mughal, not the boxer. He was a successful businessman and he was like a trader type person. So I assume some sort of like Tauke, you know? And he had eight children, and Javed was number six of eight. Now, he went to Islamia High School, and after that, he went to Islamia College at somewhere called Railway Road. And this would have been in 1978, which means that Javed would have been about 22 years old. Okay. Now, another reason we know that he was a rich boy it's because around this time, in his early 20s, his dad bought him not one, but two houses, two villas in the Shadabah region. And using one of these houses and daddy's money, because you know, boys like these, they always use daddy's money. He sets up a steel recasting business and he pretty much said that, you know, I don't have to work very hard. 
And the thing is that I'm sure he did like financially reasonably well from his business. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you start at the destination when you're very lucky in life and he was one of those people. Now, Javert, he was pretty twisted from when he was young. When he was a teenager, he received a 200cc motorbike. But you know, like as a teenager, you can't just go around kidnapping people. It's a bit hard. So instead, right, in magazines, there used to be, at towards the end of the magazine, there used to be something like a lonely hearts find a friend pen pal section and he used to write to boys who advertised there and then he used to get them to send him photos and after that he would shortlist the boys based on looks and then he would start grooming them so he would send these boys right toys perfumes tickets like straight up cash and the thing is that his family actually knew that he was doing this but they didn't really do anything and they didn't report him to the police. Mm. So I suspect that with this money, even if he did something inappropriate at the time, it might have been how he got away with it. So eventually he moved out into like the houses that his dad got him and he graduated from grooming young boys through mail to trying to trap them in his town. So everything that he did, every business venture that he did was to get young boys. So he would set up a video game shop, like an arcade, and it was the first ever video game shop arcade in Shabba, Pakistan. And he would give discount tokens to the boys, because remember, you have to use the tokens to play the games, <laughs> but now it's all cut, <laughs> like time zone cuts. Yep. Yeah, and then sometimes he would even let the boys play for free. But he was a pervert and he was a pedo. So he had this MO on how he would do things, how he would get his hands on a boy. So he would quote-unquote throw, he would quote-unquote drop a hundred rupee note on the floor. And for context, that's about 49 cents in Singapore dollars. Mm -hmm. And then when a boy picked it up, he would be like, this boy stole my money. And then he would search all the kids, which is just honestly an excuse to grope everyone. And when he caught the quote-unquote thief that picked up the money that he dropped, he would bring him to a separate room and then rape him. And then sometimes he would give the money to the kid to try to shut him up. But the thing is that this kind of thing spreads around and soon the parents were like, oh, no, you can't go to that video game store because the owner of that video game store is a rapist. Mm. And honestly, no video game or entertainment is worth it. And then soon he didn't have any more kids to prey on in his arcade. And so he thought of all the other things that he could get kids to go around. And then he set up a fish aquarium and a gym. He even tried to set up a school called Sunnyside School. But literally nobody would send their kids because they knew that he was a rapist and a pedophile. And the thing is that if word spreads that you're a rapist and a pedophile, no matter what you do, nobody will allow their kids to patronize your business, right? Yep. And the other thing that he tried to do was he set up a grocery store, like a, they called it a fair price shop, where he would sell groceries for cheaper than other shops. And theoretically, this is a good deal, but not really, because he he just wanted to get to young boys. And eventually he but had to... Sh- okay. <laughs> Why would young boys go to a grocery shop? Like, wouldn't it be their parents who... <laughs> I think maybe this was like at the time people used to send their kids out to run kids out to run errands. Right. Yeah. But anyway, he had to shut it down because first of all, it wasn't making m- money and second of all, it wasn't getting what he wanted. 
Because any parent with like any sense of responsibility, the, the bare minimum would be like, no, don't go there. So if you're thinking, right, how could he have this massive reputation where every single parent in his town knew to keep their kids away from him, but there was no investigation? It's a bit suspicious, isn't it? Surely somebody, like some parent will be like, in the police or something, right? So if you look into this case, there isn't any explicit mention of bribery. But the police do sound a little bit questionable in the way that it was reported. And Javet also does many questionable things that I think could have been a cover for bribery, but it's never mentioned, so this is all just speculation. So one of the things that he did was to invest in a magazine. And this magazine was called anti-corruption crime. And in this magazine, he would publish the heroics of quote-unquote good officers. So he would interview police officers to say only good things about them. And I think because of that, he made contacts in the police force that wanted to stay on his kind of good side so that they would be on the magazines. But this, again, is just speculation. Mm. Now, eventually, his dad dies in 1993. And this is when he was 37. And by that point of time, he already had the reputation. But one thing that happened is that even though he was one of like many children, he received a 3.5 million rupee inheritance. And for context, this is about 17,000, Singapore dollars, which might not sound like much right now, but you have to take into consideration the cost of living and like inflation as well. And with this money in 1995, he built a big house in this place called Rana Town. And this house also had a basement and he also had a car, a Pajero, and he had three other cars. So in total, he had four cars. He had something called a Lancer. He had a Toyota. Mitsubishi Lancer. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. Mm. But the other three cars that he had were Japanese cars. And he also had something called a Suzuki FX. So these were Japanese imported cars, which would have been quite fancy in Pakistan, I think. So he used his money and his cars to attract boys and abuse them. And now he's basically living large until 1998. And according to some sources, he was with one of his quote-unquote employees, but like I think it's more like one of the kids that he groomed to eventually work for him. Mm. And they end up getting beaten up by two other people And in some sources, they say it's a pair of boys that he was trying to groom about street kids that he had taken in and then turned on him and beat him up when they figured out what he was trying to do. But it was also mentioned that this was a statement that he retracted afterwards. So I would take a lot of things with salt. And they ended up being robbed. How they describe it is that they ended up being deprived of 8,000 rupees, which is very interesting phrasing, but I think that might just be a translation thing. Mm. And that's about $40, but I think that would have been considered quite a lot of money. And it was to the point where Javed was beaten unconscious. And I think the way they described it was unconscious, but I think he was in a coma. And he was out for 22 days, which is a very long time. And then the police, they were like, oh, this is a robbery case. But remember the employee that he was beaten up with? Yeah. His employee's family, the kid that he's, the, I think the kid that he groomed to be his employee, was like, no, Javet was raping our family member, sodomizing our family member. 
And of course, the police in Pakistan, being quite religious and conservative at that point of time, they decided to charge him with sodomy. And like, 22 days is quite a lot of time. And the thing is that we know that his family already knew what he was up to and what he was busy with, so nobody was willing to help him out. And while he was relatively rich... We don't know how much his medical bills were. So he ended up selling his house, his cars, and his shop for his treatment. And on another occasion, a very scary occasion, it said that he managed to get his hands on a gun. And in an area called Data Daba, he used his gun and threatened two teenagers to, and raped them. And after that, he gave each of the boys about 113 rupees. So that's like 50 cents or something. Mm. And then he tells them to come back next week. And the kids are traumatized because he just raped a pair of teenagers. And then they go home and they tell their dad about it, which is what you should do if you're ever in a position where you're like traumatized, that you should tell people. And then next week, Javed comes around expecting two boys. But instead, the dad had gone to the police and he was arrested. And the fact that he had the audacity to expect the kids to be there again makes me like a bit concerned because it feels like it's something that he's done before. Mm. And it's believed that using his financial power, he managed to reach some sort of compromise and some sort of settlement. And so this particular case happened on 13th February 1998. So that's why it feels a little bit shady how he managed to get away with so much. Mm. And so now everything happened around the same time. And we don't know if this was specifically the case where he abused the police of abusing him in custody but it's alleged that during one of the times that he was arrested on the charge of sodomizing children like one of the i feel like there shouldn't be more than one time but there was he was very badly beaten and he was so badly beaten that his head was crushed and that his backbone was broken and he was left essentially crippled Okay. And then he said that his mother cried for him and that's when he decided he wanted 100 mothers to cry for their children, which is a very messed up way of seeing things. So because of how long ago this case was and how many different sources there are, it gets a little bit confusing. So on one hand, there are sources that say say that he got beaten up by a kid, that he was trying to groom, and then that's when the police beat him up afterwards. And on the other hand, some sources say it was the two boys and then the police. But if you look at like most of the reporting cases, they say that he got angry because of the police beat him up. He, but he's he, crippled now. Yes, he blames his escalation on brutality by the police. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Brief Case and thanks for being on the show, Ruben. Thanks, Daddy. And so this was part one of Pakistan's most brutal serial killer, Javed Iqbal. Next week, we'll look at the escalation of his crimes, how he lured and trapped young boys before raping and killing them, and how he was eventually put on trial. As always, remember, you can drop me a message or tag me at A Brief Case Podcast on Instagram. And you can also find me online at abriefcasepodcast.com and do join us next week for another briefcase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.